Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. It's Josh Rutledge, your co-host for Fearscape Paranormal Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to support us more, please head over to our website, fearscapepodcast.com. There you can click on store and browse some really awesome t-shirts and maybe pick a couple up or even go to our Patreon page and see how you can support us monthly. We love bringing you awesome content just as much as you like listening to it. Enjoy the show. Hello. I'm so glad you could join us. I hope you brought your blanket to hide under. The spooky crew is going to discuss things and events from other realms. Ghosts. Cryptids. Aliens. Be sure to hold your blanket extra tight as the boys take you deep into the fear scale, fear scale, fear scale. <laughs> Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another papal edition of Fearscape, <laughs> paranormal podcast. That's right. I'm your host, Stefan Gearhart, joined as always by my heavenly, egregious interest of love, Josh Rutledge. <laughs> You're going to lose that job. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it away. <laughs> hey, that's Just, okay. I'll take let's it. Let's break out the thesaurus and see what kind of adjectives we can find. That's a good idea. I'm going to. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, thank you, uh, everyone, for tuning in. Josh, it's good to see you. Yeah, good to see you, Stefan. Yeah, we've got a wholly good episode for you guys. I'm going to make so many puns. Um, our, our good buddy, the theologian, uh, is in the Holy Land right yep, now. Yep. So, I mean, he's nowhere near uh, the Vatican, which is what we're going to be talking about tonight. We're yeah. going to be talking about the Vatican vaults and legends and lore and all that stuff. I'll also be sharing a dream with you guys that I had about the Vatican vaults one year. Um, but before we get into that... We want to share with you our Psychic Dictionary Word of the Day. I guess Word of the Week. This comes from the Encyclopedic Psychic Dictionary, and uh, I just randomly opened to a page and grabbed the first word that I saw, and in this is window area. And you're like, oh, it's an area where a window sits, right? (laughs) And I was like, this one's going to be boring, and then I read it. Um, And it's actually under the uh, ufology Um, area it says a portal from one dimension to another dimension a section of earth that can open up similar to the bermuda triangle a geographical location where ufo sightings have occurred repeatedly for many years situated on or near known magnetic vaults paraphysical objects become temporarily visible when traveling over such areas you know that it's really interesting because so i've been working my way through the eighth tower Mm-hmm. Which, John I Keel, yeah. which I think I've talked about probably the, for the last several episodes. It's taken me a while to work through it. 
But uh, one of the things he talks about is those window areas. Like it actually comes up in Interesting, the book. Interesting, yeah. So, um, and you know, if you if you recall, and I'm you know where this is going, back to Hellier, <laughs> um, they talk about uh, Somerset potentially being one of those window areas oh, or I didn't fringe even think areas. About that. I mean, I legit. I mean, you had no idea what word I was going to pull. I mean, nope. Right before you got here, I went. Yeah, this works. Right. <laughs> so synchronicity. Synchronicity. Oh, it's the police. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> we're going to be talking about the Vatican vaults tonight. That was our word for the week. Uh, window area. And uh, let's go ahead and jump right into spooky news. All right. So I actually have two things for spooky news. Uh, let's see here. The first one is a fun one. It says, it's, this comes from the Inverness Courier over in uh, Scotland. And it says, speculation that mystery skeleton that washed up on the beach during Storm Sierra is actually the Loch Ness Monster. And this is just from a few days ago. There's a big picture with a big spine. Some spine yeah, is all over the news. I actually saw that. Yep. Yeah, it says a gigantic skeleton washed up on an Aberdeenshire beach during a storm. It has prompted online speculation over what it could be, including the suggestion that it might be the mythical Nessie. A photograph of the carcass was posted on social media in the wake of Storm Sierra, which brought strong wind gusts to the entire whole of UK. Hundreds of people have joined in the debate about the mystery object and what it might be via the community group FUBAR News. <laughs> Suggestions <laughs> included that the the skeleton of a whale might be it, or it might even be a saltwater crocodile, or the vertebrae of a brontosaurus, or diploca, diplodocus. It's a diplodocus. What? Yeah. Dang, man, you got uh, you got it this time. <laughs> Other contributors joining in the fun reckoned it was a rarely seen deep sea haggis or a Chinese New Year dragon. Various people suggested, of course, that it was Nessie. Brian Ingram said Nessie escaped to the sea and then came to a sticky end. And Emma Louise <laughs> Bolin had a similar view. Oh, Nessie could not adapt to the salt water, she said. And uh, that, yeah, that's the article. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, it's possible Nessie's dead. Well, you know, it had to go eventually. Mm -hmm. It only made it, you know, 165 million years, so. (laughs) (laughs) Way to go. Yeah. (laughs) You had one job. (laughs) I mean, oldest living thing, 165 (laughs) million years old. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. Uh, that or Bernie Sanders, one or the other. Um, <laughs> so the next one I have is a really cool one. It's more sci-fi than anything, but sci-fi based in reality. Um, so this came out a few days ago. Actually, today, excuse me, that SpaceX will launch private citizens into orbit. Uh, this says that SpaceX is planning to send up four private citizens into space to take a trip around the Earth sometime at the end of 2021 or in early 2022. The spaceflight company announced an agreement on Tuesday with Space Adventures, a space tourism business that has helped seven different private citizens take trips to and from the International Space Station aboard Russia's Suez rocket and spacecraft. Space Adventures said that the price of the mission will not be disclosed, and the two companies were light on other details like what kind of preparation the tourists have to go through. The companies did say Tuesday that the tourists will fly in the human-rated version of SpaceX Dragon spacecraft and that they will orbit Earth at two to three times the roughly 250-mile height of the uh, International Space Station. 
SpaceX has spent the last few years building and testing out this new version of Dragon as part of a contract with NASA to shuttle astronauts to and from the space station after years of using the spacecraft to shuttle cargo to the space station. This private spaceflight company recently completed the second major flight test of the Crew Dragon, as it's called, which demonstrated the capsule's ability to escape an exploding rocket. And of course, you know, Elon Musk, the CEO, he's been teasing this for years. In fact, I remember when Lance Bass was supposed to go for from NSYNC, yeah. you know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's saying it's coming soon. Well, and I, in a related article I, I saw, I think it was last week, that uh, there's actually going to be a hotel room on the International Space Station. I had read something about that, too. I forgot about that, <laughs> but that would be pretty neat. So I guess you can, um, you know, well, <clears throat> what the article doesn't talk about, which I'm sure is expensive, <laughs> is the cost um, for, for, for a seat on the rocket to the International Space Station, and then if you wanted to stay, what the hotel room cost. I'm sure you can't just uh, book it with points. No, <laughs> no. I mean, it's already going to cost just to get there. Right. I don't know. But, yeah, that's what we got this week for Spooky News. Like I said, it's a little uh, little more science-related on the second half and a little more cryptid on the first half, but still a very interesting week. I mean, both oh, yeah. of those came out within days of each other. So, But, yeah, let's go ahead and move right into our uh, MUFON sighting. Yeah, so uh, I'm doing a little, this is actually something that's a little different. It's not really a particular sighting, but I, I got a report <coughs> from MUFON, actually, of all of the sightings broken down by country for January. Interesting. And so <coughs> uh, you want to guess who had the most sightings? UK. Wrong. China. Wrong again. Uh, tan, tan, Tasmania. <laughs> <laughs> Tanzania. No. Tanzania. <laughs> no. United States uh, has the most at 468 sightings. I actually didn't think that was going to be it. Really? I, I don't know, because it just seemed like that was the obvious answer, so I didn't go with it. By mass, I mean, for, per popula. Yeah, United I guess States that's true. Well, I mean, that's why I said China. Yeah. Um, Canada comes in second. Now, listen, here's the number. United Kingdom is third. <laughs> <laughs> um, but So there are 468 for the U.S. The next closest is Canada at 43. Wow. That is a huge. <laughs> huge difference. Um, and then the UK is behind them at 34, which I thought was funny because Canada's 43 and the UK is 34, which is the like basically the number flipped. The palindrome or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I'll, I'll check so, the book. The, uh, the top five are US, Canada, UK, Australia, and Spain. Interesting. And we also discovered that uh, MUFON has linked to a map that shows you where all the sightings are on a, like a, not a Google map, obviously, but no, a, but it's, well, and it's, and it's not just recent stuff. Like they've got yeah, stuff you in can, there like for years. Yeah. You can set the date range on it. Like, yeah. That I thought was really interesting. And it um, pinpoints on a map where these things happened. Not very mobile friendly. The site. No, <laughs> not uh, at all. But if you go on a, you know, probably maybe on a tablet or, you know, if you still have a computer. Right. Uh, <laughs> then you could use one of those, but and I remember I don't remember the exact name of the site, but you can go to MUFON, their website, and link over to it. Right, and of course that's the Mutual UFO Network. Um, they kind of like the big big wigs, you know. Besides to the Stars Academy and things like that, they they've yeah, I mean, been they've, collecting information for quite some time. Oh yeah, and they're and they're, and they're really the, you know they are huge advocates for the truth. Yeah, 
mm-hmm. they really push that all the time. So. Yeah, I love that they talk about the cases and then what they what they kind of thought about the case as well. It's really interesting. Well, and and I, and I think too for Mufon, um, it seems to be that most of their investigation is very um, scientific in nature. Mm-hmm. So it's not like in 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 right, wrong, or indifferent. I, I don't really have an opinion on the matter, but. Like they don't use uh, mediums or whatever to try to figure yeah. out their UFO cases. Like they want to, they want to have, um, if if they come up with proof, they want it to be beyond reproach. Right. Yeah. They want to be as scientific as possible. Yep. Um, but yeah. So thanks, Josh, for sharing with us our MUFON report for the week. And uh, so let's go into some creepy catch-up. I know I've got a little something. Yeah, I I don't really have any. So. All yeah. right. Well, let's move on. Creepy catch-up. Creepy catch-up. Creepy catch-up. Creepy catch-up. Y'all, it's creepy. Well, that's not a surprise. Um, we seem to flip-flop sometimes on yeah. creepy catch-up. Um, had a few things, little little things getting knocked off of, like, tables or little things like that. Little things that I can kind of be like, uh, maybe the cat was fast. Yeah. You know, little things. But, of course, my night hag's back, and um, talking to Brad, he's had a really crazy one that he's not even ready to talk about yet. Mm. We were talking about night hags, and I noticed on the Haunted History of Kentucky page, there's, like, two or three people that are talking about it, too. So I wonder if there's – wish I could, like, correlate that and see if there's yeah. a spike in that. Um, but, yeah, I had a night hag the other night um, here, and uh, I was asleep, and I woke up. I couldn't move. And um, this time I couldn't see anything. And in our, I, we leave the window open, so there's a light that shines in. And okay. it was pitch black dark. I couldn't see. And then I noticed I couldn't breathe. It was like something was sitting on, like, on top of my face. And then it was just like, I don't know. It's like, I can't explain what happened. But the next thing I know, this blackness moved away from me. And it was a hag that was, like, laying across my oh face. Oh, my goodness. And that's why I couldn't see. That's why I couldn't It was breathe. covering you up. And then it just, and it was sitting on my stomach, like, looking at me and leaned back and just kind of did that creepy head cock thing. Yeah. And the red, I mean, classic red eyes. I, you know, I couldn't really tell the arms because I was just fixated on the face. Um, but, I mean, I just closed my eyes and just waited it out. Yeah. You know. See, I, I mean, I still think that... Uh, that that is like, <clears throat> you know, I, I know that, you know, before I joined the show, y'all did a couple episodes talking about night hags. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a lot of correlation there between night hag and the whole um, uh, sleep paralysis mm-hmm. and everything. And and, and I think some, some people conjecture that it's really just a, a symptom of the sleep paralysis. Right. That, like your mind is inventing those things. Right, because you're caught in a state of sleep and wake. Right. Right. So, but I, but I also, uh, just based off of like some of the stories that we've done in relation to like, you know, the, the gin and <clears throat> some of the other things that we've talked about with, you know, just since I joined the show, I really get the feeling like, you know, with the Fae and everything, it's just that there is a world in between worlds. Absolutely. And it's funny you mentioned the gin because when we covered our Night Hag two-parter, we, the gin were brought up. <clears throat> they are some of what the Middle East believe are the night hags are the jinn. Well, see, so that that world in between worlds, if you're in a state between wake and sleep, you could potentially, if Mm -hmm. given the right um, scenario or or situation or or, uh, environment, let's say, slip into that world between worlds and see the thing that, because let's be honest, nobody really knows what happens to you while you sleep. No. So... I mean, I guess you could set up a camera 
and watch it, but unless that camera was tuned in. You know, so the thing with I'm reading right now with the eighth tower around the whole, um, you know, uh, ultra terrestrials and right. and the, um, <clears throat> the 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 all the additional uh, super spectrum and everything. It's just you know uh, anyway. So it's very possible that. Uh, that night hags are real. They feed on you while you sleep. And uh, for those who are unfortunate enough to catch themselves in that middle state, yeah. they are able to see them. Yeah, it's crazy. And it makes you wonder, like, that cats and dogs can kind of glimpse that, you know, as well. And that's what they're looking at is that they're able to see that middle state as well. Right. You know? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. It's interesting. Um, I, I, don't, I don't hate it as much as I used to. Um, because now that I'm like, ooh, I have something to talk about on Creepy Ketchup, right? So it's not as, like, frightening to me, um, though at the same time it is, because I just don't know. Well, and, and, and here's here's something to throw out there. And um, this is going to push the envelope a little bit. But uh, that's what we do here, right? <coughs> um, what if it's not uh, nefarious? So you assume... You know, because of its shape or its form, and the red eyes and the and the black mask, you you assume a thing of fear. Mm-hmm. But what if it's not? What if it's a protector? Ugly things doesn't necessarily mean ugliness. That's true, but I mean, I feel like I'd be safe. I mean, I've seen other things before and not felt scared. You know, but you're scared because you wake up in a state, yeah, where you catch something. That you're not anticipating. Yeah, being I mean there. it's true. If you think about ghosts, whether they're nefarious or good, you're still like, "It's a ghost, run!" Right. I mean, basically, it's like it's like your data, um, <laughs> <laughs> your data story. <laughs> but I mean, that that meant you no harm. But because you didn't expect it to be there, you were immediately in a state of fear. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> you know, so then you realize that it was a cardboard cutout, and you know, it it couldn't hurt you, but. So I wonder, and I and I would challenge you to do this, and anybody who's listening who has night hags, I would challenge you to do this too. I don't have them, so I can't do it, or else I would. The next time you have one, try not to have that immediate thing of fear. Mm-hmm. Try to think about it and interact with it, if possible. Now, yeah, I know it's it, like a split second and yeah. then it's gone, but, but you know, if you can interact with it enough to be afraid of it, Potentially, you can interact with it enough to be... Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Um, This is similar but different. Uh, Santosh once told me, um, once he started learning how to lucid dream, um, he used to go into his dreams, and he would ask people who they really were, and that every time he ever did that, like, they would get angry and just so mad and surprised, like, and, like, Mm. he figured something out. And we had this theory forever that, you know, it was indeed, you know, some sort of alien or something that was kind of in control of our dreams. And he was able to figure out that they were essentially actors, right? And uh, because he would ask his grandmother in his dream, be like, who are you really? Show me, tell me who you really are. And they would get so mad. So this takes me back to the last week's episode when you talked about your dream (coughs) and you you know, had your dream and you saw Indrid Cold and you said, tell me who you really are. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sh- yeah. <laughs> and it turned out to be you. <laughs> Didn't get mad, though. No. Nope. <laughs> all right. Well, all right. that's all I got for creepy catch up. Let's right. get into this topic.
So it's church time. It's Catholic Church. I grew up Catholic. You know, most people that have listened to this show know that uh, my first ghost sighting I thought was the Virgin Mary or my guardian angel. Um, turns out it was more than likely my aunt who passed passed away. Passed away. <laughs> who passed away before I was born. But uh, like I have always been obsessed with what is in the Vatican vaults. Yeah, so um, for, for those who may be confused... The Vatican Vault is not an Olympic v- event. No, it's not the, the <laughs> it's Pope. The Pope doing uh, <laughs> pole vaulting. Pole vaulting. Jeez, it's Pope vaulting. <laughs> so, yeah. So, it, what's really interesting about, and I, I, I was realized the other day that I say that a lot. Mm-hmm. What's really interesting, but there is. There's a lot of things that are interesting, and a lot of things interest me. So I talk about it. But um, <clears throat> the uh, the Vatican Vaults is real, like it. We know that there is a archive mm-hmm. in the Vatican. Yeah, in fact, I believe the Vatican just re- they just I think did like all of their books or like a million of their books that they've had for hundreds of years. They've digitized them and mm-hmm. made them accessible for people to read. Actually, you can. There's a website you can go to, and I and I didn't think to pull it for today, but you can actually take like a virtual tour of the Vatican archives. Ooh, interesting. I'd love that, to do that. It's like. That dot something yeah. dot org or something like that, but I I'll, I'll have to look it up and we'll and we'll post it whenever we drop you know this episode. But yeah, I mean it's um yes they are so just like uh, we talked about last week with uh, the British or UK or I'm, I'm never I never know what term is the right term to use anymore. Um, <laughs> well, I mean UK represents Ireland, right? Scot no a uh, Northern Ireland, Ireland, Scotland, Wales. In England, essentially, right, and the few little dinky ones. Like, but I mean, is it? Can I say the? Can I say British, or is that yeah, no longer br- applicable? Br- it's like saying you're a Kentuckian. Okay, you know, British is the country because it's it's unified. It's a unified kingdom, so it's it's a bunch of countries together to form one big country. Gotcha. So essentially, states. Okay. Right. So I can say British though, and I won't offend anybody. No, you will not. Okay. So you know, just like we talked about the British. Um, going to come out with that uh, website where you can go out and review all their UFO cases. And, you know, you had said that I'm sure the conspiracy theorists, people are going to be like, well, you know, they're only going to show you what they want you to what see. What they want you to see. Yeah. And that's kind of the same thing with the with the Vatican archives. If you are one of the lucky few, which I think they've opened it up over the years to like some media people, some uh, historians, um, <clears throat> the, the, uh, the select few who were able to make it into the Vatican archives, they're still only going to let you see specific things. Right. And you can't even you, you can't even get things out of the Vatican archives without being able to say exactly what you are looking for and exactly where you think it is in the archive. Wow. <clears throat> so it's like you have to say, I'm looking for X thing on the third row of this shelf in this section. And unless you can provide that detail, you are not getting it. Wow. I mean, that's smart. So <clears throat> a couple of things that we found, and these are, I would say that these are more um, in line with, like, conspiracy theories as it relates mm-hmm. to the Vatican right. vaults. Right. So we don't really know for sure <clears throat> if any of these things exist, but, you know, again, these are what people think. So first up on the list, uh, rumor has it that deep inside the vaults, the Vatican has proof of something that could send the faithful running 
It's said that the Vatican actually has evidence that Jesus never existed. <laughs> that seems counterintuitive. It's, it's like, I have evidence that something didn't happen. happen yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, what would that evidence be that he never existed? Yeah. I mean, what, you'd have a copy of... Tiberius <laughs> said, this dude did not exist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, what's really interesting here, I think, is that they're they're talking about some correspondence between St. Paul and Emperor Nero. Oh, he's reliable. <clears throat> that Jesus' existence and his biological descendants and all that kind of stuff. And so that's what they're saying that... Okay, okay. Well, I mean, Paul was never one that, in my opinion, was reliable anyways because he never knew Christ. Yeah, you know, years and, after. I mean, yeah, he was... Uh, an alien came to him and said, hey... Hey, stop. You're ruining later on in the yeah, show. Yeah, I'm going to give you a whole new name, Saul. A name that no one will even recognize you with. Yeah. Paul. <laughs> <laughs> hey, John, I'm going to give you a new name. What is it? Yawn. Yawn. <laughs> Uh, the only other thing that I thought maybe it could be would be something like how they always knew that Jesus was actually a female, you know, but the patriarchal stuff had always put it that way. That was the only other thing I thought. But, no, I, I can see that a, a correspondence. Well, and, and I and I wondered if it was also maybe something along the lines of Jesus the man existed, but right. evidence that he was not actually Christ. Right. Which would have been. <clears throat> so, the, the, the you know, of course, the flip side of this is that. If they have the evidence uh, that he does exist, surely they would bring that forward. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, or they would, or they would produce this stuff that says it doesn't exist as evidence that he does exist. Because yeah. <laughs> to tighten their grip on the world. Mm -hmm. So, uh, next up, the Vatican could be hiding extraterrestrial skulls. Ooh, Indiana Jones. <clears throat> well, and and. Um, it says that they 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 it's speculated that they found them during a um, uh, what's it called when you excavation yes thank you that was done and then they were quickly secreted away <clears throat> because you know I guess like we've talked about before if people knew that there were aliens that might question their faith or. Yeah, I saw something, some documentary years ago about someone, some priest who used to be like the Vatican's ast uh, astronomer, main astronomer guy, and he was like, listen, they're real, um, huh. had come out and was saying that. Yeah, well, actually, uh, it was, uh, when we get to it a little bit, the, the chronovision stuff. Yeah. That guy wrote a book, and in that book, when he talks about chronovision, he also talks about that stuff. Ooh. <coughs> So pick up that book. But yeah, so alien skulls, huh? Yeah, so uh, what's something that uh, kind of uh, caught me off guard here is that they think that the Pope is actually conspiring with the aliens to implant us all with computer chips. Hmm. Not the new Pope. I would say Benedict. He was a weird dude. <laughs> I would say he was into that. I mean, he was a freaking uh, Hitler's youth, so. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> And so if we believe those blonde alien theories. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, there's and there's some blonde aliens in uh, Visitors from Lanyolos. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so. yeah. <clears throat> so the uh, next one on the list is, and this one I, I thought was really cool. Um, in the 1900s, the Virgin Mary was rumored to have visited three children and told them three critical secrets about the future. One. It's tomorrow. 
Two, it's the day after today. <laughs> Three, it's ahead of us. Four, that's don't... that's four. That you can't. That's telling too much. <laughs> I was gonna say, don't buy a new Coke. <laughs> You're gonna break the time space continuum. <laughs> so uh, yeah. Uh, three children. Uh, secrets apparently predicted wars and even described what hell looked like. Oh, cool. So America in 2020. Yeah. Um, the true nature of these secrets is thought to be locked away in the Vatican vaults. Hmm. Um, they probably probably one of them was um, by Google stock, uh, <laughs> which the Pope is now sitting on right. millions of dollars. That's what he uses to buy his holy water. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so uh, there's a great deal of evidence that the text of the controversial Third Secret of Fatima is one of the many secret documents hidden in the Vatican's arch- archives. In 1917, three Portuguese children received ominous and enig- enigmatic <coughs> prophecies and multiple visions of the Virgin Mary. Right, very, very famous story. Is it? Oh, you know, I've I, never I grew heard up it. Catholic, so oh, I guess. Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, we used to talk about that all the time. I grew up Southern Baptist. We just talked about potluck dinner <laughs> <laughs> and the many committees that we needed to form. Right, yeah. No, we. I always remember being told about this because we always learned about different miracles and different saints and different uh, things like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand the whole saint thing other than the movie with Val Kilmer. That's the only thing. <laughs> <laughs> but, um,. Uh, let's see. Church's <coughs> suppression of the fi- of the final third secret fueled rampant speculation about its contents, ranging from the apostasy of the papacy to nuclear holocaust to natural disasters ushering in the apocalypse. The Vatican's supposed release of this secret in 2000 did little to quell our concerns for obvious reasons. It was probably lame. Well, and I, I, we we could probably do a whole topic and on the the uh, whole I don't know pre I don't know the word I'm looking for is um, I guess obsession with apocalypse and the yeah. whole apocalyptic times and oh yeah the world goes through many phases by the world I mean the Catholic Christian Church yeah like, there are many phases in history um, where they get very obsessed with it for sure. <coughs> I guess it's whatever keeps people coming back. Yeah. So, uh, moving on. In, 19, sorry, not 1933. In 1633, astronomer Galileo Galilei, I love that name, by the mm-hmm. way, uh, was condemned to live under house arrest for saying that the Earth moved around the sun. Yep. Heresy! Me. <laughs> we use different words. Oh. <laughs> That's ah, great. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> the vault supposedly... Contain papers that uh, era. What? Oh, from that era, excuse me, by other scientists who agreed with Galileo, scientists whom the church ignored. Of course. The man, the church back then was crazy, man. I mean, it's not great now, but I mean, back then it was just they were supreme, and I mean, that power is. It's addictive. Well, like I said, we could probably do a whole. Uh, maybe. Maybe some sort of a um, a fearscape unplugged, if you will, yeah. <laughs> um, on, on various topics around that avenue. So, all right. Next up on the list, 
Have you ever dreamed of owning a device that helped you see any event in the past and take a picture of it? Ooh, yeah! Well, you're in luck, because the Vatican has rumored to have such a device locked away in its top-secret vaults. And it's yours if you know exactly what you need, what exactly row it's in, and which (laughs) part it's at. And for the low, low price of your soul... So the uh, chronovisor. Yes, chronovisor. This is the thing that I have been like waiting for. Like I taught when you first got on, I was like, I cannot wait to cover the chronovisor. <laughs> and I think we even mentioned it a few times. Yeah. On here. So I, I did, I did try to save it for later on, just mainly so people would stick around and listen to the rest <laughs> of the show. <clears throat> you know, if I give you everything you want right at the end of the beginning, then you'll just leave and you won't listen to it anymore. Bye. So the chronovisor is supposedly a machine. That allows its users to view past and future events. The device is said to have been built by an Italian priest and scientist. Father, take a stab at that. Pellegrino Maria Ernetti. There you go. So he could record evidence of Christ's crucifixion. Of course, as there is no record of the machine, its most likely resting place must be hidden somewhere in the archives. Yeah, I, I mean, it's like... This is why I get mad at religion. It's like you have this ability to go back and see how war could have been stopped, how this could have been stopped. You're like, I want to see that crucifixion. Well, again, assuming the machine is real, if they went back and saw the crucifixion and took a picture. Right. Then we would have proof. We would have proof. Though at that time, and they could have taken a picture of any crucifixion and said, well, that's Jesus. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) There were millions of them. But. I suspect that a lot of the faithful mm-hmm. would have accepted that as, yeah. especially if it came from the Pope. Oh, and especially if the Pope is like, yeah, come here. Let me show you. Here you are when you were a baby. Yeah. I'd be like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Sign me up. It's, like it's the, time uh, for a committee. It's like the movie. <laughs> it's like the movie Elf where they still say in his, you know, book of, uh, of gifts. <laughs> yeah. Like Tracy Winchard, you know, someone is like, so yeah, if you, sh- if you show people things that they assume other people don't know, then obviously you must be telling the truth. But again, so the the part of me that says that, you know, that, that uh, Christ is probably uh, not real <coughs> says that if they did, in fact, do all those things, they would have produced it. At, because, again, like I said before, it would have resulted in more people coming to the church. Exactly. So in the early 1960s, you know, people were alive then, mm-hmm. and they drove cars. Mm-hmm. Did you know that? Yeah, in the 60s. Yeah, yeah. they also had mini skirts. Yep. Uh, Ernette began to study the writings of Francois Brunet, himself a Roman... Uh, Roman. <laughs> Roman. <laughs> Catholic. Roman Catholique, Brista, Mario. An author. I just went to a Mario uh, birthday party. No, that was nice. You didn't invite me. Well, it was a kid's birthday party. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't invite me. Well, they don't know you. We're talking about the Catholic Church. Sorry. Okay, go on. <clears throat> so, Arnetti allegedly ended up helping Brunet construct the machine as members of his team, which included 12, 12, 12 disciples, mm-hmm. 12 members of the team. Is Arnetti Jesus? Maybe. I don't know. He's an alien. <laughs> <laughs> World famous scientist. He identified two of them as Enrico... Fermi. Really? And Werner von Braun. That's interesting that Enrico Fermi was one. Well, I think it's interesting that Werner von Braun was one. 
Yeah, well, I think that Erner Erner Verderter is one <laughs> Braun for Verber. Hey, the Swedish chef was yep. a member of. The <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm probably gonna get. Some, I'm probably gonna get like virtually smacked. But who is Enrico for me? For me? Uh, nuclear physicist. Okay. Of course, you know who Warner von Braun is, right? Mm-mm. Warner Brothers. No. He was uh, almost single-handedly responsible for the U.S.'s space program in the 60s. Uh, wow. How did we not each know the others? <laughs> <laughs> like, for me, it's like one of the reasons, like, nuclear fission and all of that is a big deal. Yeah, we're, um, yeah, we, we should we should make sure we know the other ones first. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, the, <laughs> the uh, Corona Visor uh, was described as a large cabinet. With a cathode ray tube for viewing. Not a catheter tube. No, not a catheter tube. <laughs> <laughs> it would make you pissed off, though. Oh. For viewing and received uh, received events and a series of buttons, levers, and other controls for selecting the time and location to be viewed. It could also be, uh, sorry, it could also locate and track specific individuals. I wonder how it would do that. Yeah, I mean, I'm really uh, more so am I uh, I'm very interested, of course, in seeing the picture, but I'm curious this being. I guess in the early 60s that what was the the operating system, you know, like, was it a big room sized computer? It would have had to been, you know, uh, was there a controller? Like, I mean, did you have to type in coordinates? Like, I'm just curious. So if you've ever seen. um computer that wears tennis shoes no i was gonna say the the movie and i'm tron i'm gonna you're gonna yell at me and tell me i'll lose my geek card again but whichever avengers movie with uh captain america where they go all of them (laughs) it actually wasn't the avengers i take that back i think it was civil war maybe okay so captain america civil war so they go her him and uh black widow go and they Found the bunker where he had trained, and underneath is that yeah. German scientist and that bank of yeah. computers. Yeah, Ar- Zola. That's basically what we would be looking at. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Because that's the that was a bit around. Yeah, and the they 60s. talk a little bit more about that in uh, Peggy Carter, the show. That was really cool. Yeah, um, I couldn't really get into that because there was no superpowers. Oh, I can get into it because Peggy Carter. <laughs> that was not <coughs> a sound feedback. All right, so um, so yeah, last was we described the large cabinet with a cathode ray tube for viewing. Yeah, so according to its inventor, it worked by receiving, decoding, and reproducing the electromagnetic radiation left behind from past events. It could also pick up the audio component or sound waves emitted by these same events. Wow. So could you imagine being able to like hear like some famous singer that never got recorded, right? To to hear them. Well, in, in or there, to hear Mozart play. Yeah, or yeah. I mean, there's a lot of different things that I'd like to be able to hear or see from the history. <clears throat> but there's like there's some truth to this. So, how do we know the age of the universe? We measure the electromagnetic radiation, right? From the Big Bang. So there's like, there is some real science that's mentioned here. Well, that's what makes it so interesting. <clears throat> like, I mean, I joke about the chronovisor, but I'm massively interested in it because 
just what you said. There's some real science behind it, and it's one of the ones that makes me question big time. Well, and the fact that it pulled in these, like, real scientists, like, mm-hmm. of the, like you know, kind of big scientists of the day uh, to work on the project, yeah. I mean, <coughs> yeah, it would just be, I'm sure, you know, not only is the, um, is the uh, device locked away, but I'm sure all the research is locked away as well. Right. Well, and they don't make sockets that fit those kind of plugs anymore. <laughs> <laughs> You, you have could. To, you have to have an adapter. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the old uh, Nintendo adapter that you had to wire the <laughs> yeah. the prongs yep. onto the. <laughs> yep, yep. Because that's how they did it, man. Right. For your antenna or for your Atari. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> Anyways, so uh, Ernetti lacked hard evidence uh, for these claims. He said that he had observed, among other historical events, Christ's crucifixion. And photographed it as well. A copy of this image, Arnetti said, appeared in the 2nd of May 1972 issue of La Dominica del Corriere. Okay. I went back and looked. I tried to find like a copy of that. I could not find a copy okay. of it. Uh, it's probably in a library somewhere, mm-hmm. like actual printed copy, but it's not digitized as of yet. An Italian weekly news magazine. A near-identical mirror image photograph, however, of a wood carving by the sculptor Lorenzo Calot Valeria turned up in a succeeded casting doubt upon Arnetti's statement. So basically, he said, I had this picture, and then another picture showed up reversed of a guy who made a carving. Right. And so... Somebody said, wait a minute. That looks the same. That looks the same. You must be lying. I mean, it's like, dude, if you're going to f- copy, make it. Just make it up. Don't don't copy. Don't copy, right. Well, but, you know, that <coughs> was on the, um, so there's a MUFON uh, Facebook page mm-hmm. that is not related to MUFON, but they are allowed to use the name. Right. <coughs> Somebody on there was talking about um, that they don't even post pictures or stuff anymore because people automatically assume that it's fake yeah i i I mean i do like because a because fakes are so easy and so many people have made fakes that it makes everything else which i think is propaganda from those that don't want us to know like the men in black yes yes yeah boy i'm getting real x-files here but yes (laughs) You know, I mean, because it is, and it does. It makes me question it. That's one of the things I liked about the History Channel show, UFO Hunters, is that they would try to emulate it somehow. Like, that was their thing. It's like, man, this one looks really good, but let's see if we can figure out how to... So they had two teams, one that would try to do it via video and one that would try to do it live. Like, Well, it's kind of like Mythbusters meets UFOs. It's a really good show. I really like UFO Hunters. So, uh, using the chronovisor, Ernetti said that he had witnessed, among other scenes, a performance in Rome in 169 B.C. of the Lost Tragedy. Thiestes, well, I guess that was the Lost Tragedy, sorry, mm-hmm. but you need to understand how to use punctuation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of all that stuff was lost, man, from the Greek yeah. library. By the father of Latin poetry, Quintus Aeneas. Uh, Dr. Catherine Eldred of Princeton University is the author of an English rendition of the text, which is included as an appendix. 
Uh, I'm not going to read you the, the appendix. Um, <laughs> Peter Krasa's book of the Chronovisor. That's where it's actually included in if you pick up the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eldred believes that Arnetti actually wrote the supposedly ancient play himself as provided by an, an anonymous relative of Father Arnetti. There was a deathbed confession included in the U.S. edition of the play. That Arnetti had written the text of play himself and that the photo, in quotes, of Christ was indeed a lie, in quotes. Dude, I, listen, man. If, if I'm going to go to my grave I, and if I've made something up, I'm going to let people keep believing. I ain't going to be trying to do that. And, and but Because I, I always think it's a cop-out like for people to say there was a deathbed confession. Like the Bigfoot guy. Yeah. The guy that caught that really stunning uh, Bigfoot conf- like uh, image that everyone the knows. The Bigfoot confession. Yeah, his son said that when he died, he said yeah. that it was all fake and that he had had a suit and he filmed it himself. And I'm like, come on, man. Well, and, uh, and I think, in, and again, <clears throat> this is probably a, a topic for another day, but I think a lot of that boils down to people's faith. Mm-hmm. They they it's been ingrained that you know you got to come clean before you die or else you won't be in, invited into the okay. kingdom of heaven. Okay, you actually made sense of that. So <laughs> you know <clears throat> you look at this guy as a, a priest. You know the Bigfoot guy. I don't know what his religion was, but it's probably highly likely that he was some form of Christian. Mm-hmm. And so um, it, that's probably what it boils down to. Even if they don't necessarily believe it to be a lie, maybe they just have to feel like they have to say that so that. They can maybe to take the heat off of his family or, or yeah exactly yeah. yeah so and uh, let's see according to the same source however Arnetti also affirmed that the machine was genuinely functional hmm. so again so it's like contradictory statements on right. his deathbed it's kind of like a if you're not sure check all the boxes right. situation right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Bruni, however, does not believe Ernetti's confession and is convinced that the authorities have had coerced Ernetti into making a false confession. I mean, which, I mean yeah, I mean, you've got the secret Vatican CIA, FBI types like, yeah. that supposedly. Well, exists, and I mean, so. you know, who, who, who says the men in black aren't working for, for the Vatican? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, if the Pope is in league with the aliens to put microchips in. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Hey, it's an Apopa. <laughs> um, so that's that's all I could find on the Chronovisor. I'm very interested in reading that book, though. Like, I'd like to try to get a copy of that book. I've been uh, been obsessed with wanting to learn about the Chronovisor for quite some time, so I appreciate you bringing that. Yep. I do have a couple other things here. Okay. And this one's kind of um, odd. Uh, the Vatican has the largest collection of pornography <laughs> hidden in its vault. Um, okay. It, it says it was likely all confiscated over the years, but why would they not just destroy it? I mean, it, I, it, I, I'm going to be real honest, and this might be controversial, but it's like if you're going to have your men and your women be celibate, you got to let them release some tension. And so maybe they just like we've got this downstairs. What are you into? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it, the, to have the largest—that's a <laughs> lot of porn. Well, I mean, it, well, you got to imagine if they've been collecting it for for God only knows how long, right? <laughs> Could be old like carvings right. and <laughs> like cave drawings, <laughs> cave drawings. <laughs> alien porn. Yep. So. 
That's uh, that's all that I could find on items in the Vatican Vault. It, there, <clears throat> there. Excuse me. There's a lot of like I found three or four different YouTube channels that had stories on it. Several different websites that had stories on it. Everybody's talking about the same. Yeah, even the uh, documentary I watched on Prime uh, the other night, um, Secrets of the Vatican Vault, um, it just went into deeper depth into everything. Um, But I wanted to, before we get, because I know you've got a bonus thing for us, right? Before we get into that, I wanted to share with you my dream. Okay. So uh, years and years ago, uh, one day I will write my book, but since I was a little kid, I've had dreams about vampires, and it's been a uh, chronological story. Um, It always picks up later, Hmm. always, and... um, there was one where thing where there were, forever I was always attacked, and then one time I figured out how to fight back, and there's this whole thing. But anyways, there was one point where we uh, there were a number of people within the Catholic Church who were who were vampires or mm. almost like. Um, I don't want to say witch because I'm a witch, but similar like that, like a mage or evil mage, things like that. That were kind okay. of puppeteering the, yeah. the actual church. And um, we body. we broke into there and got into the vaults and down into the vaults. There was more than just stuff. There was a whole section where there was this underground prison where they kept mythological creatures that were roaming the earth. Um, that they were keeping them out of the public's eye. Um, and then they would use dangerous ones like werewolves and things mm. like that as a way to control populations and, and huh. things like that. And you, the bad guys would use them. But there were also things like fawns or things from other religions, leprechauns. I mean, all of those things that they kept down there. And we were trying to figure out what we wanted to do if we wanted to break them free or things. Because And then I did. I looked, and there is a theory that they do that they have they house these Mm. these um supernatural creatures that they study them and um, that there are aliens and cryptids and vampires and all of these things from the lore that the because the for the longest time the catholic church was the only epicenter for scientific discovery essentially you know, like they were the main body. Everything went through the church. That's why yep. Galileo, right. you know, but they had their own scientists and, and things like that. And I guarantee you they still do. So, you know, they're not all just preaching mass in the Vatican City. Right. right. So they've all got jobs. They're not all priests. So. Right. I don't know. Just that was my dream, and it was really, really interesting. And, I I mean, I can remember it vividly. And if I ever get to the Vatican and I ever somehow get into the vaults, I'm curious to see if that's what my dream was, right? So I might have to do that 360 view. (laughs) Yeah. Well, there's a couple of uh, uh, similarities there with, like, so the movie I, Frankenstein. Have you ever seen that? I know what you're talking about, but I never did get around to seeing it. So it's pretty interesting, and it's basically like they use, they somehow use Frankenstein's monster to fight the forces of evil. Right, yeah. I think I read the comic when I was younger. Yeah. But it's really, so there, there's a similarity there. But, yeah, I mean, it's that's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Someday, I'm gonna. I'm telling you, I'm going to write my book based, because it's the dreams I could tell you, like, that I had. All right. So, bonus material. Boop, 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 boop. So, this comes to you from um, the Eighth Tower. Which, again, I'm working my way through. Yep, I'm next. <laughs> yeah, because right now I'm reading Cypher of the Euphonauts. Right. The secret Cypher of the Euphonauts. Right. And my dreams have been crazy, of course. Like, And it's amazing the people that he mentions in there. And, like, you know, I, like I told you, I, I had just recently started learning about George Adamski. Yeah. And then... <laughs> 
the day I crack open the book, there's talking about George Adamski, and I'm like, okay, he's on our list now. Yeah. Um, it's just really interesting and how much it feeds that same narrative of Hellier. And, like, I now see why how Terry Wrist and how Greenfield is all tied into all of yeah. this. It's, it's nuts. So you may be asking, what does this have to do with the Vatican vaults? Yes. Well, in the book, The Eighth Tower, Keel proposes that Saul was visited and converted by an ultra-terrestrial. Right, yeah. Keel mentions that in Mothman Prophecies. In the very beginning of the book, he, he lightly just throws it out there in, in the mix of a couple other things that were possibly alien sightings or ultra-terrestrials. So this is what it says. In the Acts of the Apostles, the story of Paul's conversion is repeated three times. Acts 9, 1 through 19, 22, 5 through 16, and 26, 12 through 18. And it describes a series of manifestations that have occurred repeatedly in modern times with only minor variations. Surprisingly, these manifestations are largely ignored today even by the theologians who complain that, in quotes, God is dead, and that the wonders of the Bible, excuse me, wonders of the biblical times, have long since ceased. We are, in fact, surrounded by the same kind of happenings that were once regarded as miracles. Saul of Tarsus was a tent maker and a man of some education when he set out on the road to Damascus to join a battle against the growing Christian cult. At high noon, on the desert... <laughs> on the desert, um, a blinding light above the sun... Above ab- the sun? Yeah. Appeared suddenly, and Saul fell flat on his face, possibly going into a trance. The men traveling with him reportedly heard a voice, but saw nothing. When Saul arose, or regained consciousness, he was blinded. He remained blind for three days. Then, Ionasus, a Christian who had visions, was guided to Saul, touched him, and cured his blindness instantly. Impressed, Saul gave up his hobby, killing Christians, and changed his name to Paul. Well, yeah, he didn't want anybody to know. We just talked yeah, about this we just talked the show. It, yeah. Oddly, I didn't know this was going to be in here, so oh, I, I find that <laughs> funny that we brought I was like, up. you're ruining it. <laughs> uh, he was instrumental in spreading Christianity, even though he had not known Christ personally. However, he did believe that the voice from the light was Christ's. Right, that's the whole thing, is he believed he saw Christ just like the apostles did in the upper room, right? right? He believed that that was Christ, and he considered himself the 13th apostle. Right. So then there's it, that the, the, that part of the book goes on to talk about how uh, people with who have US UFO or alien encounters oftentimes have uh, conjunctivitis. Right. That, that yes. Forms. Yes. And Been so, seeing that a lot in documentaries lately. And so this is just a case where, the, where he's saying that basically, you know, Saul had an encounter. He developed conjunctivitis where he couldn't see, and then it cleared, maybe or maybe not, because of this uh, Ionysus guy. That's crazy, man. Now I want to ask the theologian himself, (laughs) see what he thinks about it. Because him and I have gone back and forth about the validity of Paul anyways. Um, So, uh. (laughs) And I, 
knowing the uh, theologian, I, I part of me tends to think that it would be dismissed. Never know. You never, never know. know. We never. can ask. You never know. We can ask. Um, but yeah, so that's what we got, right, on Vatican Vaults. That's what we have on the Vatican Vaults. Unless someone has something that we don't know about. Yeah, that we didn't cover. Let us know. Yeah. Yeah, let us know. Um, so I guess we'll... Uh, if there's a Vatican whistleblower that wants to tell us <laughs> all the things that are in the vaults, send us an email, fearscapepodcast at gmail.com. I'm looking at you, Pope. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, um, um, uh, our Father who art in heaven. <laughs> I don't know. Are we supposed to pray out of here? Uh, but no, before we get going, of course, we want to share with everyone our listener story. Um, I got a big one for you. Um, keeping it UFO related. Uh, I, I've been hitting up some UFO message boards on MUFON and just some different uh, different places all over. And I reached out to people and uh, got a listener uh, who goes by the username Shaz Shaz. Um, UFO sightings message board and uh, this was his thing he talks about what he thinks was a possible cryptid so this listener story comes from Shaz Shaz possible cryptid Fife, Scotland near Coopar last Saturday 1st of February approximately 3am my daughter and her boyfriend were driving home from dropping a friend off. On the way back, they drove down a slight dip in the road into a small cloud of fog. Through the fog, they saw something crossing the road, then it crossed back. They slowed down, but it continued towards it as it continued to cross the road and back again. They got their car to about eight feet from this creature, full headlights, as it still went back and forwards. And it was an animal they'd never seen before. It was about the size of a small dog, but very fat, greyish, mostly bald, and it had a very long nose, like a small trunk. As they watched it, fear began to rise in both of them. My daughter violently threw her phone into the floor and still doesn't know why. Then the creature ran into the woods to their right and they continued their drive, but suddenly became really terrified. He said his heart started pumping in his chest and in his belly, and she started yelling. They both ended up having a row. Then a few minutes later, they were friends again and laughing the rest of the way home. I asked them if they thought that the animal was carrying its young, one at a time across the road, but immediately they both answered no. I asked if maybe a creature had its face caught in a container, a bottle or a can, and still no. We googled everything from wild pigs to giant anteaters, aardvarks and wallabies to badgers, but no. My daughter came to me later with this picture and they agreed it was exactly like that, but real life. So yeah, interesting story. I didn't get to see the picture. He didn't give me the picture. I don't don't know what the picture was, but uh, I mean, it it just seems like it was some sort of like hog or uh, shaped like that, that that size. If they're talking about a wallaby or a... um, Aardvark or an anteater, the, you know, that yeah. kind of size of my dog. Right. <laughs> Especially like a miniaturized version of the uh, the boss man from uh, from Star Wars. Uh, yes, yes. Like, you know, Misa. You yeah, know, like, uh, b- Boss Nass. Yeah, there you go. Boss Nass, yeah. yeah. Very interesting, though. I mean, you know, I, I love that he was like, hey, you know, we're up to the possibility that it could have been something right. else. You know, but they swear that it was like nothing they'd ever seen and they saw it multiple times. Right. Yeah. And they know the animals of their area. It's like if I saw four tigers crossing the street, I'm going to be freaked out. Right. Right. Because there's no tigers here. Yeah. 
right? Just just cardinals and wildcats. Right. And, <laughs> and pumas. And hoosiers. <laughs> and cougars. Yep, lots of cougars, especially in the south end. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, thank you, Shash Yes, for sharing that with us. Um, I, I, I love sightings like that because, th- you know, I think that's actually, besides one or two, I think, Sasquatch stories we've had, um, the uh, that's one of the first listener stories that was a cryptid. So yeah, thought that was really really cool. So thank you for that. It makes me wonder, like, what was it going for and then coming back? Well, I like that idea that possibly it was it's it's young. Yeah, you know who knows. Or it's like you know sometimes when a squirrel starts to run across the street, and then it gets startled and it's like I don't know what to do. I'm yeah, like inches from the other side, but yet and then it turns around and runs back. Yeah, who knows. Who knows? I don't know. Um, But before we get going, I want to remind everybody you can send in your listener story to us, fearscapepodcast at gmail.com, or find us anywhere where I have posted looking for stories. If you're on any of the message boards or Facebook groups that I'm a part of or Fearscape is a part of, hit us up there. You can also find us, of course, at fearscapepod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are very active on those, so please hit us up, DM us there, tag us, hashtag us, fearscapepodcast. Do all that stuff. And also, while you're at it, if you guys saw our Instagram and our Facebook recently, we had one of our fans uh, who was my sister, um, which you've heard before because she shared a number of her stories. But she bought one of our T-shirts, and uh, we've sold a number of our T-shirts already, but she took a picture of it with my nephew, so I thought that was really cool. But it reminded me to tell you guys, hey, you can get Fearscape uh, T-shirts. Yep, and we've got uh, some... So it's like some fear, Fearscape uh, labeled merch, as well as um, some really cool kind of uh, UFO or cryptid, you know, themed uh, T-shirts that were already available. So these, yeah, these are so our we're, we're supporting other folks yeah, as well. Pulled them um, into our store, and pushing then, the paranormal tees. Yeah. But we're going to have some other other designs that are coming soon that yeah. we think are going to be really cool to have on a T-shirt. So yeah, um, you know, FearscapePodcast.com. Uh, if you're on your mobile device, you click what they call the hamburger menu or the three line menu, <laughs> and you click store. Or if you're on a web, if you're just on a computer, you can just click store in the upper right hand corner. Yeah, um, but I mean, you guys saw I bought one too. I mean, they're not they're pretty inexpensive. I think they're about twenty bucks. Um, yeah, and they're they're comfy, man. Mine's really really comfy. But yeah, check that out. We love that. It, you know, it's just fun. We like spreading the word. So yep. get out there, spread the word of Fearscape. And uh, once again, that's fearscapepodcast.com. You can also uh, check in on all the old episodes on that as well. It'll take you to our anchor page. And, um, yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in. As usual, uh, we are going to get out of here. But I just wanted to thank everyone once again. And thank you, Josh, for being egregiously attractive to me today. Oh, you're my love interest. So am I attracted to you or I'm attractive to you? You know what I'm saying? Yes. Okay. Yes. (laughs) So uh, this has been Stefan. We'll catch you guys on the flip side. This has been Josh. The truth is out there. And uh, remember, the Vatican's hiding some stuff. And so if you're getting spooky, make sure to hold those blankets extra tight. Good night, everybody. Good night. I'm so glad you were able to join us for that horrifying discussion. I hope they didn't frighten you. Too much. <laughs> Tune in next week for even more research into the nightmarish and haunting creeps and spooks that we tell ourselves don't exist, but we know they do. Make sure you have your blankets that you hold them extra tight. 
next time on Fear Escape. Ha 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 